Football Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Top of the charts Tuesday. That's when the idillionaire Patrick Davis takes jams. So I reached the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. A little TLC for you. Well done. I like that. Don't Nothing go chasing. Waterfall. Sark. Coach Steven. <laughs> Don't go chasing waterfalls. Which for you means the deep ball. Don't go chasing it, okay? Just let it come to you. It's all right. Uh, stick to the rivers and lakes that you used to. Uh, thanks, we my know, man. We Patrick. know the three little letters that at the end of his day. I-N-T. <laughs> well done. I like that. Uh, all right, my man Patrick, always keeping us on our toes. Appreciate him for the musically-themed days of the week. Uh, 512-337-3776. We appreciate you as well on the Specs text line. Hit us up there as well. Uh, we'll play some the rest of that Sark, uh, sorry, Sark sound, the rest of the CDC sound. CDC, Chris Del Conte was on with Bobby Burton of Inside Texas. It's a really good interview. Go check it out for yourself. Uh, we had some snippets that we played earlier in the show. Uh, we'll play a couple of more that we didn't get to about culture and about realignment uh, that uh, that you can go hear the entire thing for yourself over at Inside Texas. But we'll get to that a little bit later on and talk some Texas sports, Texas football specifically. Uh, but we'll also get some Texas baseball because uh, the draft Harge officially done. The Major League Baseball draft is officially over. So uh, I believe the number you told me, six Longhorns total? Six Texas Longhorns were their name drafted. Called? Thank goodness for a lot of these guys and what they were able to do. And you sit here and you look at the draft, and there were so many names that we thought we were going to hear. But one name we did not hear in this draft was LeBaron Johnson. Didn't happen, huh? Did not have LeBaron okay. Johnson. So the draft started for the Texas Longhorns. In the fourth round with Dylan Campbell being drafted by the Los Angeles Dodgers. In the sixth round, Lucas Gordon was drafted by the Chicago White Sox. In the twelfth round, Travis Staley was drafted by the Washington Nationals. Zane Morehouse in the 14th round by the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, Garrett Gilmet went in the 15th round to your Houston Astros. And uh, Tanner Witt rounded it out in the 18th round. Uh, Tanner Witt went to the Baltimore Orioles. This is with the six major league draft selections, and I get this part from Kevin Rodriguez over at the University of Texas. Six players were drafted in the um, major league draft. At least one Texas Longhorn player has been drafted in every year in the major league draft. So as soon as the major league draft started, a Texas Longhorn player has been drafted. That's crazy. Yeah. That's pretty wild. That's a cool stat. It's a really cool stat. Uh, so congrats to all the Longhorns who did hear their name called in the Major League Baseball draft. Um, how many of these guys uh, that have a decision to make, obviously some of them moving on um, to the next level, uh, but guys like Dylan Campbell uh, who will have a decision to make, uh, Tanner Witt also decision to make, some yep. of these guys. Um, how likely is it do you think that Texas will get back? How many of these guys do you think they'll get back? If, you know, I like to wager every once in a while. Okay. But pending on the financial uh, slot, how much money they are willing to pay these guys. Some guys may not just – they may be done with school. Some yeah. of them say, you know what, let me go out and try my, my hand at pro baseball. They always wanted to get drafted. I always wanted to be a professional baseball player. Let me go ahead and do that. But Dylan Campbell and Lucas Gordon are the two that I would think would be gone. Mm-hmm. I think that they were drafted high enough. Obviously, we talked about Dylan's uh, half a million dollars at that slot that he was in. Good brain, maybe man. Lucas Gordon's is maybe 150000 That may not be much to him. It may be something that he may try to 
come back to the university, help his mm-hmm. draft slot. And that's the same with everybody else. Luke, I mean, uh, Dylan Campbell was the only one being a fourth-round pick that I would say, hey, thank you for everything you did to the, for the university. Yeah, This is an opportunity for you to start your career and start your clock. Go ahead and chase that dream, man. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's a good point, too. And he's, I think he was at, like you said, like almost 500000 Yeah, So yep. that's good money. That's a good chunk right there. It's a good chunk of change right there. Mm-hmm. So congrats to all those guys, man. And uh, we'll have some updates, of course, if we hear anything. But, yeah, LeBaron Johnson not having his name called. It's bad news for him. But that's good news for the new Texas pitching coach. Yes, it is. Which is also David the Pierce. Texas manager. Yeah, David Pierce. <laughs> He's his own David Pierce. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's talk some uh, Texas sport before we get into the sound of CDC. little question here, gentlemen, about Texas football because, I mean, I could just get into another article about how high everyone is on Texas football, but, I mean, they, it just goes without saying. We know now the Big 12 media poll has Texas finishing first. Um, I, I had another 247 sports article that was doing predictions uh, for the Big 12 season, and they did it based on a collective like survey of different beat writers uh, they have from all around the Big 12. I think it was 20 different guys, and they had Quinn Ewers winning Player of the Year, Quinn Ewers winning Offensive Player of the Year. They had Texas finishing first in the conference and winning the conference. So it seems like every time you read some synopsis, breakdown, preview of the Big 12, pretty much it's talking about how good Texas should be. Um, So here's the, the, the thought experiment, the hypothetical. Let's say Texas does not win the Big 12, that they don't win the Big 12. If they don't win the Big 12, they don't meet expectations, don't live up to the standard, what what's going to be the reason? If Texas does not win the if Big Texas Twelve, does I not believe win the Big that, Twelve. What's the reason? I believe back. I believe that it would have to be. We talked about this before. I think it would be the sideline with the coaching. It's coach, 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 coach Sark. I'm gonna give him Coach, coach Sark. Coach Sark. I'm giving him Coach Sark. If they don't do it, it's Coach Steven. It's Coach Steven. It's Coach Steven. If there is not, if he's that underachieving. And I still believe that this is the year that everyone will stand up and say, "Oh my goodness, look at what." Um, Quinn Ewers has done. Okay, this is the Quinn Ewers year. Because if you look at this is the break every here. position, every skill position, you got an opportunity to get a ball to a player that can make you look really, really good. And if you scheme it up, Coach Stark, and you get your quarterback to be on time, this could be a very, very special year. And don't forget, this is a contract year for one Quinn Ewers. He is eligible for the draft. Yep. Stay sharp. I agree with you. So um, that would be my 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 thought process, sideline and the quarterback play. And I know everybody's going to talk about we got Malik, we got this, we got that. They do. I get it. They technically I get do. it. Yeah. But he's going but the coach on the sideline has to make that call. And there were times where we thought he should have made the call last year and he did not. Oklahoma State. Yeah. It's probably the most obvious one. Yes. Yeah. And now he's he he's did that man in the mirror. Probably went back and reviewed some of those things, saw how the missed opportunities were, and I think he's going to be ready to go as well, getting his quarterback back lined up, dialed in. Yeah, quarterback shouldn't be the reason you underachieve. I know that you know that could be because if Quinn Ewers is not as developed as we all anticipate um, and he doesn't remedy some of the issues he had in this uh, offseason, yeah, he could regress. You know, but that's why people are saying you got the best quarterback room in the country. Mm-hmm. People are saying you got the deepest quarterback room in the deepest. country. The reason they're saying it is because they believe you got two starting quarterbacks 
in your first and second string QB, which is very fair. So yeah, honestly, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say they underachieve. It, it shouldn't be quarterback, even if your starter underachieves. It'll go back, like you said, to Sark mm-hmm. as Sark being stubborn and maybe doesn't want to pull his you know his star quarterback Quinn Ewers for whatever reason. If that's the case, and even if it's injury, and I'm not knock on wood because we hope nobody gets right. injured uh, seriously at any uh, position. Um, but if that does happen at QB, you do have a really good insurance policy, one of the best insurance policies in the country. So, you know, that, that could be an excuse. Uh, yep. in definitely if you end up, you know, the quarterback position ends up imploding for one reason or another. Uh, but that's why you stockpiled it with so much talent. So, once again, kind of goes back to the coach, in my opinion. Yeah. I do think now there's some other things. The defense for me, if it's, if the defense is going to have an issue, um, specifically, it would probably be it's going to end up being field corner and linebacker opposite Jalen Ford, whoever that is, and defensive end opposite Baron Saru. I think you got three problem positions potentially. Potentially, okay. With the I'll line go with liberation. That. You yep. got three potential problem positions mm-hmm. on defense. Field corner, off-ball linebacker opposite Jalen Ford, and defensive end spot opposite Baron Sorrell. Now, you could end up using Anthony Hill in the DeMarvion Overshone role like you did last year and come, come off the edge a little bit. He comes off of the edge a little bit, and then maybe you can kind of remedy some of your question marks or uncertainty you have on the edge. Um, but there's no doubt about it. You need players to step up. It's just that damn simple. You need yep. Anthony Hill to step up in that role. Maybe some of those other veteran linebackers uh, next to Jalen Ford. You're going to need Terrence Brooks to step up big in that field corner role. So you just need guys. Yeah, so there, there are, though, if those three problems. You need Alfred positions. Collins. To step up. You do. It'd be great because if he steps up, maybe you can yeah. move somebody out to that defensive some, end. Yes, yes. But if you if you drastically underachieve or can't get a player to step up in those positions I just brought up, mm-hmm. that could lead to uh, really a serious regression, a downward spiral for the defense because then they're easy to attack. I don't have to worry about going up against your elite players. You can try to funnel me schematically to your elite players and funnel my scheme that way, but I can avoid it. Remember the Dallas Cowboys last year? They were a top 10 defense, and at times even they looked like <laughs> a you know a lackluster middle-of-the-road defense when they were being attacked at the cornerback spot opposite Trevon Diggs and when teams were running right up the gut when Jonathan Hankins was out. Right. Because no matter how good your defense is, you don't have 11 elite players. There's one or two guys there they're just jacks. Yeah, everybody They're just jabronis. Yeah. yeah, you're yeah. just jabronis. Yeah. I can find the two, three jabronis on your – now, Georgia ain't got none. But, you know, most <laughs> teams got one or two jabronis on that defense. If I can find the one or two, I'm just going after them. I'm going to pull that, that thread to the whole damn sweater unravels. <laughs> and that and that, that could be the Texas defense. It could unravel with the right offensive mind trying to exploit it at those specific key spots. Yeah. So that's what I, I do like that about conversation, that. though. I like the I like the fact of where you've pointed out some of the possible problem areas that need yeah. to be addressed. That's good, good, good stuff right there. Um, and offensively, yeah, I think you're right. Hard things about quarterback and Sark and Sark becoming a chess master. Yeah, you know, Sark's got to win the chess match within the game. We know he's a great game planner. He's great at preparation. One of the best in the country. But that only lasts you a quarter, maybe a quarter and a half. And after that, you just got to play chess. Yeah, and you got to play chess against the opposing coach, and you got to find a way to win that. And that's where Sark struggles against coaches who win at least sixty percent of their games. He has a forty percent win percentage. 
Yeah. So that's got to change this that's year. Definitely got to change. Yeah. This season. <laughs> uh, okay. A couple of uh, pieces of audio here from the uh, Bobby Bird interview with CDC. It's a little lengthy. Um, but I think it's pretty good stuff. He was asking about because he asked about uh, Bobby asked about Sark's culture, and he went on about how Sark's culture not only at least has helped the Texas football team, but it's helped the Texas athletic program bringing Sark in and and Sark's mentality. Here is uh, Bobby uh, Burns' interview with a uh, CDC. You know, it's interesting. <laughs> I've known Steve for such a long time, and, and when we were talking about coaches and who we were going to hire. Knowing what he did at Washington, everyone poo-poos that for a moment. They forget. They were like 2-25 and 25 when that guy took over. It was, Go look it up. It's the craziest record. And to see the improvement he made, to get to nine games, all of a sudden goes to USC, and you saw what happened. Fell apart personally. And everyone points fingers. I said, you know, we're, all, we're not perfect. We're all children of God. You know, and, and every single day we fight our own demons, each and every one of us. But we strive for perfection. And I'm a big fan of listening to Steve talk. And when we were talking about what the University of Texas could be and he playing at USC and seeing his affection for the program across, uh, across the, the, the field and goes, my God, knowing what it was, the moment's not too big. And we talk about culture and recruiting and how we're going about it. Everything, as he has said, is coming to fruition. We had to recruit the right people. Coming off COVID in the eyes of Texas, remember, we only had 54 guys on scholarship that year. We were playing tight ends at linebacker. We were playing wide receivers at safety. We were It was a hodgepodge. Yet, we were teased enough to think, oh, my God, we could win 10 games. You know, and all of a sudden, so we won five games. We won eight last year, and I see the building blocks. But the culture in the building with Steve is incredible. And let me tell you what, what this is. Our first head coach's retreat when I do it, I do it every year. Eddie stood up, Eddie Reese. I call him Yoda. He stood up and looked at me and goes, CDC, I'm glad that you're here, but I want you to know what you're walking into. I said, yes, sir. Our heart, our heart in Coach Barnes is gone. Our soul in Mac Brown is no longer here, and our mind in Augie's not with us. All been told to leave the department. That's what you inherited. How do you put it back in the box? And that was my first introduction to our coaches at our retreat. This last retreat, Steve talks about us, a united Texas, a reckoning. And you can see his culture is not only permeates there, but you have Jared Elliott. You have all of our coaches are now all engaged in the reckoning of Texas. But it starts with our coaches. But imagine you, me, me, me coming from TCU, and, they, and, and Eddie Reese says that. He's won more national championships than just about anybody anywhere in any sport. And, but talked about what we were going through as a department. And what they were feeling. And I sat right there. I Okay, they left. I remember thinking to myself, okay, we really got to focus on our coaches. We got to focus on giving them all the tools necessary to be successful. And leaving that, um, uh, that meeting, I gave every one of our coaches $10 million to go fix their facilities immediately across the board. Let's, let's start infusing some trust in them. Let's start infusing some faith in them and put them back on a road that when we combine them, that they understand where it's one united program. But all those coaches were either fired or retired. All three were, were let go. And they're our most successful coaches on the men's side. Right? And then DeLoss retired. And we just had this tumultuous time. So to see that coming and see where we're at, Steve plays a huge role in our culture on our, with all of our coaches right now. It's awesome. There you go. 
I like that. He's big on uh, yeah. Steve Steve Sarkeesian's culture, and I, I've said it before. Just taking the culture, that big step, man. Yeah, the culture. The culture is a good culture. It's a positive culture right now in the Forty Acres. Guys want to be a part of the football team. They don't want to be. They don't want to have to get into the transfer portal unless they unless it's an absolute necessity. Mm-hmm. All right? They didn't really want to be a tech. Malik Murphy is probably the best example. Who at the quarterback position definitely could have cashed in via NIL, rolled um, out, yes, and and been yep. able to you know you earn his free market value, which he deserves um, after showcasing in the spring game and a lot of reports that he could have started at Power Five schools, and yet he chose to stay at Texas not only because the NIL opportunities are great, so shout out to the BMDs, uh, big money boosters and donors, but also because I think he not only sees you know. Uh, the potential of this program right now, I think he just enjoys it. I think he likes it. Yeah. I think he actually is enjoying his time here at Texas. And he got it was hurt, you know, early on in his career for trying a lot of it. Trying to get healthy, yeah. Trying to get healthy. But now, even with all the talk about Quinn Ewers starting and being a possible draft high draft pick and then Arch Manning behind him, all the talk has been about those two guys, and yet he's like, no, I'm staying here in Texas. Yeah. I'm waiting for my opportunity. That You don't find that these days. And you probably think that your opportunity is coming sooner than you believe, too, you know, for some uh, other situations uh-huh. as well. So uh-huh. um, th- th- there had to be some convincing behind the scenes like that. So yeah. I just, I, you know, you always try to look at that and you try to keep the positive because there were times last year that we keep talking about there we're saying, oh, why didn't you not pull him in that situation? I know he's got to go through those growing pains, but why do we got to suffer? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> why do we got to suffer? I'm, try- I'm trying to get dubs, man, and you can teach them later. We can go back and have those conversations later because everybody else, to what you were saying, if I'm performing at a very high level, I need you to perform at a very high level because when we do it together, we are all rolling. Agreed. When we don't, then we got some problems. And listen, Sark is the head coach, yep, so yep, he yep. make his own decisions, but there's no doubt he sacrificed a possible win last season for the psyche of Quinn Ewers. Mm-hmm. He sacrificed yep. a possible he dub because there's a good did. chance that Oklahoma State game, you put Austin Card in there, and then maybe you know he can kind of calm the waters a little bit, and you can find a way to win that game or hold on to win. And nope, you, you wanted to stick with Quinn Ewers, and I think because he didn't want the – fragile mindset mm-hmm. of a young quarterback to be shattered. And I totally get that. He's like, well, I'm investing in this young qu- quarterback. He's going to be great. We cannot afford for him now to lose confidence after having so much you know, inconsistency in his play and then not playing because of injury and then leaving high school early and all that kind of stuff. But all that's true. But the Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams size, Cardi B size, Megan the Stallion size, but is if V.Y., all right. If Vincent Paul Young and hell Chris Sims and Major Rap White, if those guys can be benched, come on now, then Quinn Ewers ain't above it neither. Thank you. Sir. We got to get this dub, as Hard said. We yeah. about getting it. You, and you need to show everybody, yeah, including the quarterback. There needs to be an example made that listen. Nobody's above getting the dub. We're about that. We're about them dubs. We're about getting the W. And if you are not contributing. All right, to helping us get the dub, then you're hurting us. Thank you. And then we need you to sit down and then collect your thoughts and have some mental reps until you can come on and help the cause instead of hurting the cause. I'm, I'm glad you said it, man. Everybody get benched. That's where I'm Didn't you tell me Dylan Campbell got benched? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get yes. benched, man. It's all right. 
It's okay. It's okay. It doesn't define you as a player. It defines who you are as your character when you come back, when you you get your spot back. Yeah, if you you let the benching define you, then you'll screw up. That's on you. That's on you. You got benched and stayed benched. Yeah, challenge yourself. Yeah, you get benched and then fighting your way back on the field. Yep. And we know you got a lot of testicular fortitude. And we're going to ride with you. Yeah, exactly. So uh, if if he this year struggles like he did in the Oklahoma State game and then, you know, Sark or Coach Steven decide to stick with him. Mm-hmm. Just know, guys, Coach Steven is choosing the psyche of his young quarterback over wins for the program. Not no more. And that, yeah, yeah, you can't do that. We can't do that. That we cannot do. Not yep. at Texas. We cannot. No, because there's no one man or player <laughs> above the team in the program. No, no, no. No, about to get in the dubs. We so, all about dubs. Yeah, this year, that can't happen. Malik's going to be there ready to go and just put him on in. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean that he's going to keep the spot, but Quinn, if he's – you know, out there throwing picks and being erratic. Hey, let him think about it for a little while. There's some things we got to work on. Yeah, if he's costing us a win, yep. we can't have that. Yeah. So I don't think that will be the case, though. I'm, 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 I'm with you on yeah, that. Yeah, I think he's gonna actually look really good. Lastly, how can he not? Thank with you. all those weapons, man. If, that's my point. <laughs> I'm like, if this don't work, something is gone drastically wrong. Just like you said last year when you said put some Bijan on it. If Bijan Robinson is not up for a bunch of awards at the end of the year. We failed him miserably. And I think we did. Because he wasn't up for a bunch. He was up for some, but not a bunch. He should have been up should've for more. He should have been the highest. He should have been a finalist for the highest. He should have been the finalist. Yeah, he wasn't. I'm with you. Uh, okay, let's talk about Dak Prescott on the other side, gentlemen. Because Dak Prescott says, because of Father Time, he is starting to feel the pressure. The pressure of getting a playoff win. I have some stats for you, uh, Dak Heads out there, and also for you rumblesexuals out there. We'll discuss that on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful down the horn. How you doing, young lady? The feeling that you're giving really drives me crazy. You don't have a play about the truth. I was at a loss for words first time that we spoke. You're looking for a girl that'll treat you right. You're looking for in the daytime with the light. You might be the type if I play my cards right. I'll find out by the end of the night. You expect me to just let you hit it, but will you still respect me if you get it? All I can do is try. Give me one chance. It's a problem. I don't seem to ring on your hand. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a Top of the Charts Tuesday. That's when Patrick the Idillionaire takes jams that reach the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. Uh, And that's uh, the reason for a Top of the Charts Tuesday. All right, I said you should be able to feel the vibe uh, from certain songs and know what decade they came from. You should be able to know. You should be able to feel the decade. So I feel this is... It might be on the cusp too. One of these. This on that ninety nine. Think it's on the cusp. I, you know I feel like saying? it's two thousands though. I think it's two thousand nine, two thousand ten. It's on the cusp, right? Yeah, it is not on the cusp. What is it? Two thousand six. All right, so I feel oh. two thousands though. Yeah, I thought 2000s. it might be on the cuspy though. I, I was hard. I thought it was closer to the two thousand eight, nine, something like that. Okay. Yeah, I knew. But one of the things that I know was I still in the going to clubs when these songs <laughs> came on. That's also part of the feel. That's what I'm saying. You trying to make yourself feel younger? You're like, oh, this could be like three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is probably what's going on. Yeah, that's kind of how I can feel the vibe. So yeah, I was still going to the club when this song came on. There you go. Uh, okay. 
Let's get to a Dak. Dak's still going to the club. I, I think Dak's did Dak still dating? Any seriously? Is he seriously dating anybody? He was, and then I think it, him and his girl they broke, broke up. Right? up and okay, so now he's probably he's focused on the game, man. So independent Dak. Oh man. Okay, not relationship Dak. No, he he's gonna be having. Yeah, he'll be out there. <laughs> he'll be, yeah. he be out there. We'll see. If that's him being out there is good for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Okay, so apparently Dak is feeling a little bit of pressure, like we all are. Because Father Time is undefeated. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says basically he's feeling a sense of urgency um, because now he's getting a little bit older. He said um, when someone asked him, hey, as you get older, are you feeling a sense of urgency? Because Dak is turning 30 years old at the end of the month, entering his eighth year in the pros. And by the way, he is the basically you go look at it. He has been with the Cowboys longer than any other quarterback has been with their NFL team. Yep. That's freaking crazy in itself. I love it. To let that be the case, uh, he said, uh, quote, 1,000% he's feeling the pressure. He says, just understanding injuries and what I've been through throughout my career and understanding that you don't have forever to play this game. I'm blessed for every moment that I get just trying to take it with a sense of urgency. Sense of urgency. Yeah. As I said before, he also went on to say, I've always felt older, I guess. Uh, he says, knowing that I am the old guy going into year eight, seeing some of the young guys, some of the rookies, and seeing the difference in eight years, it's fun and challenging at times knowing that I stay connected and stay in the now with what's cool and whatnot. But this game is beautiful. It doesn't matter how old you are because you play this game like a kid. Yeah. That's what Dak says. Um, yeah, I, I, he's got to feel pressure now because everybody knows you got to get past the divisional round. At least he knows what the goal is. Uh, what the task at hand is. Get past the divisional round, and you know you will be facing Philadelphia, San Francisco. Give me another really good NFC right, team. Right. You're going to be facing one of the best teams in the NFC to 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 get past the divisional round. It's probably going to be San Fran or Philly or give me somebody else. Probably, uh, maybe Detroit makes that move this year, whoever it is. Um, and that's the test for Dak. And how about this? I found this little nugget about Dak. And I'm a, I'm a homosexual, full, just full disclosure. I love me some Tony Romo. And also, I'm a big fan of Dak. So I like Dak. I'm looking for that big Dak energy this year. Hey, now. Hopefully, we can get it. Uh, but how about this about Dak and Romo? A little stat about both of them. And I know I got this from uh, NFL Research. Um, it says here, basically, that the Cowboys are the only franchise with two quarterbacks to play in three or more divisional round games without winning one. See, why you got to go there, man? Yeah, I, I, that, and that'd be Romo and Dak Prescott. They're the only franchise with two quarterbacks to play in three or more divisional round games and not win one. I was hoping you didn't see that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's not good. Well, and two of, you know, two of the quarterbacks I really like. So it's mm-hmm. just one of those things that just kind of drives you nuts. Yeah, you got to get listen, right now. It's all about is it. You had Romo couldn't get past the division around. Now you got Dak can't yep. get past the division around. It is clear mm-hmm. what the what right what the uh, headline is and what the Cowboys <laughs> need to do. The task at hand is clear. The objective is clear. Win. Be get past the division around. Y- yeah, you ain't got to win tw- twelve games. Twelve games in the regular season. Nobody cares. Nobody anymore. cares. You yeah. can win ten. As long as you get past the division around, that's what your fans care about these days. Yeah, it's all you. You like Texas baseball fans now. They don't want to hear about the College World Series and the Super Regionals anymore. <laughs> they don't. You can talk about it all you want. And they're like, I don't care. I don't care. I, I just, yeah, I don't. I don't, don't want to hear. They don't want to hear. hear. You're like Coach Pierce has done a good job in this seven years. He's been to four <laughs> Super Regionals and he's like, I don't care. I don't, they don't care. They're like, shut up. I don't I care. Agree. I just want to see him in a national championship 
finale of the College World Series. I got it. And Cowboys fans, they just want to see the Cowboys get past the division round. Get to the NFC title game. Just get there. Just get there. I know. That's all you got to do. That's the that's the whole thing. Here's good news. I got another good stat for you, though. I, I mean, I look at it's what you're you. saying. Just really, I've, I've been looking at this, and just like I'm all in on the uh, Texas Longhorns, I'm all in on the Cowboys. Oh, you're drinking the Kool-Aid of both? I'm drinking. That is dangerous. I know. You could end up with poisoning. I could be shaking you, you could be, a lot. Yeah, I could, could be, end up with, with drawers. For this. Bad, diabetic on no, the sugar I got. I'm diabetic. <laughs> you drinking that much Kool-Aid? I'm yeah. worried about an old man. Wait, wait, wait. I'm are worried you, about Are you it. drinking that with Minyama Kool-Aid? I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not that, that, cl- okay. that close. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm yeah, close. I'm fighting I don't, for them. So you had three Kool-Aids. Yeah. That's a lot. I and can offset you, it. But, guys, the Cowboys and Longhorn Kool-Aid are some of the strongest brands of Kool-Aid in all of sports. And how many times have I drank it? A when, lot. When you decide to drink that Cowboys Kool-Aid, yeah. do you realize how deliriously inebriated you're going to be on the Cowboys star and brand and the burnt orange Kool-Aid? You're going to do them both in the same football season. Yeah, uh, no, man. That's I, why some of y'all can't even, at the end of the season, y'all basically I've y'all had some bad it. weekends, bro. Y'all going I've through withdrawals. Y'all weekends. shaking like Pookie from New Jack City by the end of the, end of the whole damn season. You can't handle it. Yeah. It's too much, man. It, it does overwhelm you. Wow. I've been there. See, you should be like me. I need that deep ball, baby. <laughs> As a Texas fan, I never have to drink the Texas Kool-Aid. No. Because they don't have Kool-Aid. They, they, nobody, nobody <laughs> they got know, the flavor. They got that flavor. <laughs> you never want to drink that. They didn't even have flavor aid recently. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tang they got with that Tang. <laughs> oh, I don't even know. I think right. they just got dirt water. <laughs> <laughs> that dirt water. Water right at the water hose. Yes. Remember that water? That was good water. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, I get you on that one. But how about this little stat? This is good for you Cowboys fans. There's a good chance that Philadelphia Eagles will not make it back to the Super Bowl. This stat is mind-blowing. Can't believe it. So how about this? The Eagles, this is the reason they probably won't make it back. They are, uh, right now, um, one of the teams that fits this criteria for this stat. So since 1974, that was the last time an NFC team that lost the Super Bowl returned to the Super Bowl. Huh. Huh. The last time an NFC team mm-hmm. lost the Super Bowl and then returned the next year, Minnesota Vikings, 1974, Purple Peepa Eaters. Bucky's team. Yes. <laughs> that was yeah. Bucky's team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was Bucky. Yes. By the way, Barbara Bucky became a Minnesota Vikings yes. fan back then. So that's a really, and how about this? Also, another great stat as to why the Eagles will not make it back to the Super Bowl. The Eagles are the sixth team to make the Super Bowl and lose both coordinators in the next in that ensuing offseason. Mm. None of the other teams, none of the other five teams made it back to the Super Bowl after losing both of their coordinators. Mm. They got two historical trends working against them. So Jeez. there you go. So you ain't got to worry about the Eagles. Well, yeah, you do. I'm joking. Yeah, you I was going to say, we but definitely got to worry about the Eagles. History's working against them. Cowboys, I think history's on your side, actually. At one point, you got to. You got to break through. You got to break this curse at one point to get past the divisional round. And this Cowboy squad, I love the offseason they had. Usually, I am not, you know, infatuated. I'm not happy about the Cowboys offseason. I was titillated by this Cowboys yeah. offseason. It was really good. That's what I'm saying. It, it was they, really good. They, they did things the right way, which was very rare for us to even say that. Because mm-hmm. normally, I'm over here having a panic attack yep. because of some of the moves that they don't make. Yep. As opposed to the moves that they make, so I'm 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 in on on what the thoughts are with the Cowboys right now. How uh, much are you putting into Tony Pollard? 
Ooh, well, that's a good point. Because Tony Pollard, put that right, much now, into him. right now, Tony Pollard needs to be a Pro Bowl back for y'all to have a shot. Right I now. just need him to be healthy. I know I get that, yeah. but that's I mean, but he that's needs to be more it. than healthy. He does because he needs to have, carry the ball thirty times a game. Yeah, you don't have yeah. a, you don't have a bell cow running back right now. Yeah. So as of right now, he needs to be a Pro Bowl running back for y'all to be doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So that that's for me. If you're drinking the Kool Aid, I'm sipping. That's sipping. I'm sipping. I be sipping. Look at that running back room. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, are we gonna get Dalvin Cook? I need them fast runners, baby. Uh, Dalvin Cook apparently is playing hardball because the reportedly the Miami Dolphins have made him multiple offers, and he has not responded to those multiple offers. So a lot of people think he's playing hardball now. And, you know, they, they believe he's going to end up in the AFC East, yeah. essentially, with the Dolphins, yeah. the Jets, or... Everybody's trying to get to Miami. Look at, yeah. look at look at Cook. Look at Damian Lillard. Oh, you're right. Everybody's trying to get to Miami. That's a great... Oh, yeah. yeah. Lionel Messi. I didn't leave on TV. Yeah, and Messi. Just saw Messi on TV. He's yeah. going to Miami. There you go. Miami's a nice spot, though. How many, y'all been to Miami? Oh, yeah. I've been like twice. It's amazing. I'm not going to lie. If I could... One of the places I could retire if I had the money would be Miami. Yeah, no, I'm um, too fat for Miami. Uh, uh, no, I don't, Rick, I don't need Rick to be. Ross I don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> Rick Ross <laughs> got money. That is very true with the money. Fat and broke in Miami. Yeah, <laughs> hanging out with boy. the beautiful people. <laughs> That's true. I feel you on that. That's a lot of pretty people in Miami. Yeah, I've right. seen good-looking homeless people in Miami, and I was like, "Oh, she's homeless." Damn. I'm like, how'd that happen? <laughs> exactly. How'd that work? Exactly. So yeah, yeah that's it's, it's different lifestyle. I see Damien Lillard wants to live the lifestyle along with a lot of other people. Man, I feel that. All right, we come back. We'll wrap it up. We'll put it in the oven. Let you know what's on tap for the rest of the night right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful now the horn. Pop a top again. Do you mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's that is... All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, we appreciate all you guys on the Specs text line. Uh, don't think we uh, don't because uh, obviously best part of this job is uh, getting to uh, know you guys. Specs text line, getting all your participation on the Specs text line. Um, so we really appreciate you guys, man, all the time. Uh, let's get to what's on tap. Before we do that, if you miss any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with all the shows there at hornfm.com if you may have missed anything. All right, gentlemen, uh, you got the All-Star game tonight. That's right. You're going to pick it. Who you got? I'm taking the American League, and I'm taking the over. Taking I'm the doing American that. League. And the, oh, you got the yeah. over, too. What's the, the over? over seven. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. For the All-Star game? It's Major League Baseball. They swinging hard. I know. Come on. They gonna, They just did home run derby last night. Mookie Betts might hit a home run because he, he didn't try to hit too many the other night. <laughs> That's he, an he easy bet it. to me. Yeah. Seven? I'm taking it. I'm taking the American League, too. Uh, Patrick, you are, you got the home run derby uh, correct when you predicted uh, Vlad Jr. would win it yesterday. Who you got winning the All-Star game? I got American League as well. All right. A- they got League? Shohei. 
They do have Shohei. <laughs> All right, I'll just take the National League just yep. for the hell of it. Let's do that. Y'all taking, but I think the American League's going to win too. Uh, also, shout out to my man Chan who says thanks for making me laugh. Hey, you're welcome, bro. That's what we do. We appreciate uh, that we could uh, entertain you guys. That is the job, and uh, it's the best part of this job too. All right, so shout out to Gene Watson ahead. too. Gino, a uh, good friend of ours. His wife has been battling oh, right. cancer for a very long time. Oh, no. He posted that she was going to be having another surgery. Um, so I wanted to give him a shout out and make sure that we wish them well. Uh, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. So uh, thoughts and prayers with him and his family, man, uh, as they go through that. And mm-hmm. um, let's get to uh, – so obviously we'll talk about the All-Star game tomorrow. Um, get into that. Anything else on tap for you guys, for you tonight, Hearts? Are you just watching baseball I'm watching night? baseball. I'm preparing for Big 12 Media Days tomorrow. It's going to be a lot to talk about. I'm hoping to hear a lot of information from – some of the new teams, that's the part that's really intriguing to me. Uh, obviously, Texas, Oklahoma's on the next day, but Texas being able to go on the first day, Oklahoma going on the second day, I think that's pretty cool. And I do want to see uh, how Spike, Spike Dykes, uh, Sonny Dykes, who's Sunny. the cover of Dave Campbell's Texas football, and you know he's going to be rebounding without Gary Patterson's players. Let's see how that goes as well. Uh, yeah, and he's. Um, are they bringing um, the quarterback? They didn't. They, he wasn't on the list. He wasn't on the list. Yeah, yeah. Chandler Morris. Chandler Morris. Yeah, your so, guy. Well, he won the starting job. I predicted he would. I was right about that. He, he just did. didn't keep the starting job because <laughs> once he gave it up, Max Duggan, he he was not giving that You're thing. Not up. getting that back. Uh, Patrick, what's on tap for you tonight, brother? Uh, we got the All Star game. Also, Spurs Wizards Summer League at nine thirty on NBA TV. Who's nice. playing for him? I, Is Serge Jabari going to play? I don't. No, uh, every report has been that he has been dealing with a medical issue. I know, and they won't yeah. say what it is. Uh, I, from kind of what you've gotten out of reports is that he was sick, and then I guess maybe his cardio okay. is not up to date with being sick, and so they didn't want to put him in there and do anything like that. I don't know. Uh, we haven't heard anything specific, but I hope, I'm hoping he'll get some gay action during this summer league. Yeah, because this uh, is important to him. Like this, I'm important for him, important yes. to him, but also important for yes. him. But uh, his with that game, will be tonight on NBA TV. It's funny how they're on NBA TV now. Imagine. I wonder that. why they're on NBA TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wimby's debut was the second highest rated summer league game ever, and I assume Zion. Had I would to assume be, it's Zion. Had yeah. to be the that was the other one? sellout, I believe. Yeah, yeah, had to be. Okay, uh, all right. Uh, tonight, uh, I'll be watching some uh, some All Star game. We'll talk about that. Tomorrow as well. Remember the revolution will not be televised. We'll talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves, but more importantly, take care of each other. Peace.